Yeah, it is five o'clock on the Costa del Salford. How are you doing today? Are you well? You are. It's uh, me, your BBG. The Richie Allen Show begins right now, the 16th of November 2022. I'll be taking your telephone calls and your Skype calls between now, well not between now, between 5.30 and 7 o'clock. I'm looking forward to that. The the meme with all the details is on the comment live page on my website and also on the Facebook page for this program. Very, very efficient today, so I am. Very efficient. Not the BBC. Live from the magnificent city of Salford. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yeah, the cheapest way, the cheapest, the most cost-effective way to speak with me on the program is to use Skype and chat with Richie, C-H-A-T, with Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E. That's the cheapest way to do it because you've probably already paid for your internet. Failing that, you can phone me, 0161818 I don't know why I'm doing this, because all I really need to do, you see, is play the jingle. So I should just do... I should just do that, shouldn't I, and play the jingle. It's your call, Skype. Or call 0161818 Talk to Richie now. Yeah, from 5.30. If you got it, you have 5.30. That's the one. I had a, an email from somebody. It was nice, but it wasn't about me. That's good. It, it came in from Linda Brennan, and Linda is in Australia. And she sends me this message. Richie, it's been so crazy here in Australia for the last three years. I can't even begin to tell you, says Linda. I have many family members, including my adult children, who uh, they just don't talk to me anymore because I refused to get the shot and I refused to wear a muzzle. And my daughter has banned me from seeing my grandkids, something which hurts so bad, says Linda. Linda, I'm really sorry to hear that. And it isn't the first time, of course, I've heard something like this during some of the phone-ins during lockdown times. We heard from people who had lost contact with their family because of a disagreement about COVID and and lockdowns. So Linda, I'm sorry, but she goes on to say, can I ask you a big favour, Richie? I have a dear Scottish acquaintance who has helped me and a lot of other people deal with this stuff. I don't know how to repay him. His name is William Henderson. He's always commenting on your programme. Please give him a shout out and say hi from me, from Linda. William Henderson, good evening. I know William. Of course, he participates and he's very good. He's an active listener in Scotland. William, that's a lovely thing. Linda in Australia sending a hello to you via the BBG. Now, apparently, dear listener, the Iranians, well, they want to kill anyone who threatens the regime. That's according to Sky News, but it's really according to MI5. Before we hear a little bit about this, are, is the Iranian authority sentencing people who protested against the beating uh, to death of the girl who wouldn't wear the headscarf? Now, it is being alleged that 
People who protested against that by taking to the streets have been sentenced to death inside Iran. Now, if that's true, it's a terrible thing, but do we know it to be true? By the way, you've got to excuse me because, as you know, I've not been very well, so the old voice is still a bit, it's a bit tricky. It's a bit dicky. I've got a dicky voice at the moment, so you've got to accept it. You've got no bloody choice. It's either that or listen to Mark Austin on Sky News right now. And even I'm not that bad, so stick around. Is it true, do we believe that the Iranian authorities are giving, handing down death penalties, handing out the death penalty to those who protested? I don't know. Anyway, MI5, yes, that is the, 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 the secret service, kind of. It's the domestic secret service. MI5 is saying that the Iranian regime is looking to kill people in the UK people who threaten it. Right, let's listen to Sky News. The head of MI5 has warned that Iran is hoping to kill or kidnap British nationals opposed to the regime. Ken McCullum was speaking as he delivered the UK's security services annual update. Iran projects threat to the UK directly through its aggressive intelligence services. At its sharpest, this includes ambitions to kidnap or even kill British or UK-based individuals perceived as enemies of the regime. Wow. So this is Ken. He's the new guy at MI5. And he said the Iranians are plotting to kidnap or even kill people who are against their regime. This is, this is not like Iranians living in Britain. This is us, white people, like you and me. The Iranians are after us. We've seen at least 10 such potential threats since January alone. <laughs> 10. We work at pace with domestic and international partners to disrupt this completely unacceptable activity. The Foreign Secretary made clear to the Iranian regime just last week that the UK will not tolerate intimidation or threats to life towards journalists or any individual. Now, the, the UK Foreign Secretary is a guy called James Cleverly. He's not the scariest guy that, that ever held that office. Living in the UK. Well, Sky's Security and Defence Editor Deborah Haynes can tell us more. Yeah, I can't wait to hear more. So the Iranians are planning to kill people in the UK who are against their regime, man. Do we believe that? Yes, it was pretty extraordinary, wasn't it? This idea that uh, MI5 is aware of at least 10 threats by the Iranian regime against individuals, so British nationals uh, or individuals that are based in the UK who are deemed to be enemies of the regime, as Ken McCullum put it, um, that the threat to kidnap or kill them um, since January, uh, the kind of sort of state-based assassination that you would link uh, perhaps to Russia. We We've seen Russia in the past uh, attempting to kill and actually killing citizens on British streets. A huge challenge for the security service and interesting that the head of MI5 chose to highlight that today. It re really interesting that he chose to highlight it today when the news was filled to the brim with stories about people who died inside Poland after they were hit by a, a missile of sorts, which was originally blamed on Russia, but later it was blamed on a Ukrainian intercepting missile, something that was fired at a Russian missile. It's a very interesting timing, this, from Ken McCallum of MI5 to tell us that we should be on the lookout for Iranian actors on the streets of the UK looking to kidnap and kill those of us by those of us now, I speak in general terms, I am not against the Iranians. 
at all. Really underlines the severe nature of the threat currently posed uh, to UK streets by Iran. Listen to that. This is this bint, this absolute bint of a fake news reporter is saying this underlines the severity of the threat from Iran. But she's no proof. You're basically taking Ken McCallum's word for it. And I mean, the security agencies of every country in the world, they have a, well, they have a protracted history of telling lies, don't they? T- to keep their citizens living in a state of perpetual fear. Just out of the blue. Yeah, uh, ten times this year we intercepted the Iranians. Uh, they were plotting to kill people. Why? Uh, because those people don't like Iran. Ah, any, any proof, Ken? I can't. Uh, if I was to offer you proof, I would compromise an ongoing mission. That's the get out of jail card. Journalists, proof, Ken, that the Iranians are trying to kill people or plotting to kidnap people in the UK. Any proof there, Ken? Well, I'd like to dispense some proof, but the problem is I would be compromising an ongoing operation. You're a bullshitter, Ken. We know that. She, she then brings it around to Russia, because the Russians are the same. They're trying to kill us too. That's Iran. What did the MI5 boss say about threats from Russia? I bet you he said that Russia are a big threat too. Well, as you'd expect, Russia really did dominate a lot of what he was talking about. Uh, He said that Russia is, uh, the UK should um, be ready for Russia, Russian aggression to be here for years to come. Um, He also revealed that the UK has uh, refused requests for more than 100 Russian diplomatic visas. Let's go back a second. I love that bit where they talk about how it's going to be here for years to come, the threat. That's very convenient, isn't it? ...of what he was talking about. Uh, he said that Russia is... Uh, the UK should um, be ready for Russia, Russian aggression to be here for years to come. Years to come, yeah, yeah. Years. Any idea, Ken, when it'll stop? No, no. Years is going to be here. Um, he also revealed that the UK has uh, refused requests for more than 100 Russian diplomatic visas on the grounds of national security, the suspicion being that in the wake of the Salisbury spy poisonings, when the UK ejected 23 Russian suspected Russian spies who were under diplomatic cover in the UK, that Moscow has been trying to replenish its stocks, trying to get more intelligence officers. Moscow has been trying to replenish its stocks <laughs> by by sending people disguised as diplomats to try and get visas here in the UK, but they're not really diplomats looking for visas to do business here. No, they're actually murderers, but the UK... Intelligence agencies are far too intelligent for that. Russian spies who were under diplomatic cover in the UK, that Moscow has been trying to replenish its stocks, trying to get more intelligence officers into the UK under diplomatic cover. I've lived through this now, and if only somebody would buy the book, they wouldn't buy the book. That's the reason I wouldn't write it. There's another reason. I'm not much of a writer, so it would have to be ghostwritten by somebody who, who knows what he or she or it or them or they uh, are doing. I've lived through this. The absolute capitulation of the media. A media that did at one time ask questions about things but now serves as nothing more than the propaganda wing of tyranny. Listen to that bullshit from Deborah Haynes pretending to be a journalist. That horse shit. 
Yes, the Iranians are going to kidnap people who, 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 who threatened their regime and killed them in England, says the head of MI5. And the Russians, they're going to do it too. In fact, they're trying to get people into the country on visas, but they're not really diplomats, they're, they're, they're murderers. Uh, and just repeating, just parroting this crap, this fear. I've lived through this, the evolution of this, and I, I'd like, if I thought anybody would read it, I'd write the book, but nobody would read it, and it wouldn't make any bloody difference. It's 13 minutes past the hour. If the media is not doing that garbage, it's, um, it's doing the climate change garbage. You know, I don't have to tell you, we're all going to die if the planet warms by 1.5 degrees, and we'll be under 10 feet of water here in Salford, and babies will starve to death. You know how it goes. Chimpanzees will have to mate with zebras. You know how it goes. It's, it's crazy, right? Mad stuff. And Sky News does a daily climate change program. 3.30 every afternoon, every day. Uh, a show about climate change and how bad it's getting. Let's have an eavesdrop on today's program. It's hysterically funny, I think. But then my, my sense of humour uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Hello and welcome to The Daily Climate Show, where we track the changes to our world and interrogate some of the potential solutions to the climate crisis. Now, How do you interrogate a solution? Now, we start this afternoon with breaking news. Environmental campaigners say large parts of the Amazon are moving closer to oblivion. Right. Environmental campaigners say she doesn't identify them and they are not identified by any caption on the screen so just environmental campaigners say that the Amazon or parts of it are getting close to oblivion. On Biodiversity Day at the COP Summit on Climate Change, a report from the WWF claims that part of the rainforest could be lost forever. Forever. Within years. Within years. Our science correspondent, Thomas Moore, is here. So, Thomas, they said it's about to reach a tipping point. What exactly does that mean? So, a tipping point is a change to a system within the Earth that can't be reversed. So, once it starts, it can't be stopped, and it does lead to very significant changes. Now, what WWF is saying is that 34% of the Amazon is reaching a threshold for this tipping point where it would lead to irreversible decline and eventual death by 2030. And you can see on the map here, uh, in pink, They've got areas where uh, the, the, uh, the rainforest has reached one of these tipping points, and the darker the red, the more tipping points they've reached. Now, what are the tipping points they're looking at? Well, there's, there's things like uh, how dry is it? How long is the dry season? Uh, how much forest has been lost? And a rainforest, the clue is in the name, needs to be wet to sustain itself. And if it does begin to dry out, it becomes a savanna. There's more likelihood of, of fires and that kind of stuff, and that really is bad news. Yeah, it's unbelievable to think about it. Unbelievable to think about it, says the president. What does it mean for climate change on the whole, though? Yes. So some of these areas of the rainforest, which might be out of commission in the next couple of years, and by 2030 they might be useless. What does it mean for climate change? Thomas Moore, Sky News science correspondent. Tell us. Well, there is no scenario that we can get to 1.5 degrees without a healthy Amazon. Mm. Because once that forest starts to die, all that carbon that's been stored uh, within the wood is just released into the atmosphere. It is a carbon bomb. It's a what? So, th so, so the, the trees... They store up the carbon. Once that forest starts to die, all that carbon that's been stored uh, within the wood is just released into the atmosphere. It is a carbon bomb. It's a carbon bomb. Uh, and that is what uh, really <laughs> it terrifies many scientists. That Science are t scientists are terrified. This is uncontrollable. And that's why WWF is campaigning for governments 
to God be with the days when the WWF was Hulk Hogan, Rick, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, Coco Beware, Bad News Brown. No, no, it's just, this is sickening shit, so I'm going to leave it there, isn't it? It's, it's a bomb. Yeah, you see the trees, they store up all the carbon. But when we kill the trees because of, 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 of the carbon that, that we emit when we go about our daily lives, we kill the trees, well then the carbon in the trees becomes a bomb. It blows up the climate and everybody dies. Some experts said in time for COP27. The experts were never identified during the programme. Again, that is the media. Holy shit, it's 17 minutes past 17. Yes, it's 17.17. It's 17 minutes past 5. It's the Richie Allen Show. Live from Salford. Sure is. I think you need a giggle. I am so glad I came across this bit of a clip today. I'm going to play some audio from LBC Radio, which I found amusing. What isn't amusing is a story about a coroner's report which was published yesterday. It's a story out of Rochdale, which is in Greater Manchester. And I know some Rochdalians. I happen to know some Rochdalians who listen to this programme. And an old friend of mine is in Rochdale. He's a Rochdalian. And they're good people up there. They're good. There are people. Solid people, Rochdale. Um, so you'll know that a guy, uh, a, a child called Awab Ishak, died a couple of years ago uh, at age two. This is rotten, I, I would imagine. I don't have a child, I can't imagine it. I don't think you need to be a father to imagine the horrors of it. Uh, a baby dying, it must be wretched, right? They, they're blaming it on the mould. Mould is an awful thing. We found a bit of mould recently here at BBG Towers. Found a bit of mould. And I, I got I, I got the uh, future Mrs El Frogo to get the old rubber gloves out and get to scrubbing, you wench. Um, so she naturally told me to fuck off, so I had to get a product online and do it myself. I didn't, of course, do it myself either. We hired somebody, we hired a minority, and paid the woman from Egypt uh, £2.50 an hour. That's how you do it, you see. Anywho, this is not funny. So this kid died allegedly due to exposure to mould, Awab Ishak. And what we've seen today is the virtue signalling Olympics. Politicians weeping openly about this little boy who died two years ago, which again is terrible. His family are blaming it on racism. Racism. Um, now they might have a point, I don't know. They are saying that they repeatedly pleaded with the local authority about the state of the house and their pleas fell on deaf ears. So it could be racism. It could also be that most people who work in local authorities are as thick as two planks. Pretty useless. But we will we'll never find out. So this young lad, um, the coroner ruled the mould did it. Mould is not good. Now James O'Brien at LBC Radio was very moved by this story as he told his listeners today. Listen up. This story broke my heart. Let, let, me, just, let me just set it up with another preamble. Um, it is my belief, I can say this with certainty, and I think if James O'Brien knew this, he would probably disappear into a black hole and would never emerge again. So mortified would he be. 
But I know for a fact that the colleagues of James O'Brien spend most of their day laughing their fucking asses off at James O'Brien, who has out-partridged Alan Partridge and Richard Madeley. This guy is so ridiculous, he's almost brilliant. Listen to him talking for the second day in a row about the plight of Awab Ishak, the young boy who died because of mould exposure. This is good. This story broke my heart yesterday. It doesn't happen very often that I can't bring myself to cover a story live. Why did he laugh at that? I never understand these people. Why did he laugh at that? His heart is broken. Yesterday. It doesn't happen very often that I can't bring myself to cover a I can't bring myself. I don't get that. Story live. I think in normal circumstances, halfway through yesterday's show, we'd have had a little bit of a change of course and we would have talked about Little Awab Ishak, who was two years old when he died from a respiratory condition in 2020 caused by mould in the flat where he lived. I, I couldn't do it. I don't know why. Are you like this? Can, I, I can talk about some things that are utterly harrowing and I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not happy about it, but I, I, can keep the, I can keep the angst at bay. And then some stories, usually involving little children, I think, and a photograph can do it sometimes. You can read a story and you'll be fine. And then you'll see a picture, in this case, of a little lad smiling at the camera a few days before his second birthday. And, and you have to really marshal your forces not to let the tear ducts take over. What? You have to really marshal your forces not to let the tear ducts take over. Come again? You have to really marshal your forces not to let the tear ducts take over. You have to really marshal your forces not to let the tear ducts take over. You have to really marshal your forces not to let the tear ducts take over. Okay. So, there are some stories that you just can't read out loud on air because they're so harrowing, so terrifying, so awful, so bloody terrible, so heart-wrenching. And this is one of them. Can't let the tear ducts take over. He goes on. It just it just ripped me, this story. Yes, I don't know if you could... It ripped him. Possibly listen back to yesterday's programme. You might even be able to identify the moment... When I started reading about it. He's inviting his listeners to go back to yesterday's programme and to seek out that point during the programme when he couldn't bring himself to talk about it. It just it just ripped me, this story. <laughs> yes, I don't know if you could possibly listen back to yesterday's programme. You go might on. even be able to identify the moment <laughs> when I started reading about it. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I was ripped to pieces... So I was. I was absolutely ripped apart. You have to really marshal your forces not to let the tear ducts take over. Marshal the forces, stop the tear ducts taking over. And if you like, go back and listen yesterday to, to me not being able to talk about the child. I thought the child was the story. I thought the death of the toddler due to the mould in the flat was actually the story. Not the story being you and your inability to talk about the mouldy flat and the death of the child. It's astonishing stuff, this. I love this stuff. I really do. And I couldn't talk about it on air. It just it just broke me. It broke him. It broke him. It's all about him. It broke my heart completely. It smashed his heart into a million pieces. Because the details are unbelievable. Really? So the child died in a flat that was mouldy. This is the United Kingdom. What are we at the moment? Sixth? Seventh? Largest economy? Fifth still? We've probably dipped a bit, haven't we? We don't need to explain why. Let George Eustace do it later. But no, I just blame it on Brexit. But the, 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 the idea that we live in a country where the Prime Minister's wife is as rich as Croesus. Croesus. You know, the Prime Minister's <laughs> wife. 
<laughs> is from one of the richest families in the world. And yet... In, uh, and how's this related to baby Awab Ishak's death? In the country that he governs, although he wasn't in charge in 2020, a little boy can die because his home is mouldy. And it's not dirt, by the way, this. I nearly said filthy there, but it's not dirt. You can clean until your fingernails are raw and not get rid of the moulds that cause spore. You can Let's have a lecture on what mould is. Can You can clean black mould with bleach. I told you I knew more about this than is normal, but you can clean black... What about the baby? ...mould with bleach. But you don't um, remove the problem completely with certain types of mould unless uh, you have your cellar tanked. You've got to get your cellar tanked. You have the room tanked. You- I don't have a fucking... Have you got a cellar, dear listener? Who has a cellar in... In modern Britain, unless you're filthy fucking rich. I don't have a cellar. You, you literally make it almost airtight with ventilation. It's quite an expensive job. Uh, of course it is. But then again, if you have a cellar in the first place, you've probably got the money. So you tank your cellar, you kind of make it airtight. And, and I know about this because some friends of ours had it done. And the bloke that tanked the cellar got sick. Wow. Uh, they were convinced that... that illness in their family was being caused by mold they did a lot of research in america which confirmed their fears so they paid i think eight thousand pounds to have a cellar tanked to have it sort of lined and and rendered almost airtight because you can't once it's in there you can't there's not a lot you can do it can get behind floorboards you have to i mean it is incredible think of it like pollen have you think of it like pollen what about the baby who died of mold two years ago right i I mean this i've given this a lot of thought think of it like pollen pollen yeah so you might not suffer from a pollen allergy at all you but you're you might have a sister or a friend who can walk under a plane tree and their nose explodes what you might not have a pollen allergy at all, but you might have a sister who... What, what tree I, I is that? I couldn't talk about it on air. It just, it just broke me. It broke my heart. What tree right, is I, that? I, I mean this. I've given this a lot of allergy at all. You, but you're, you might have a sister or a friend who can walk under a plane tree and their nose explodes. I'm really shit when it comes to horticulture and trees and stuff. Natural biology. What, what's a plane or a plane tree? So you might be okay with the pollen, but you might have a sister or a friend specific but let's be specific about it who might walk under one of these trees and their nose might explode you're losing your train of thought there what about baby ishak there's one tree in chiswick that i don't know why this is it must have something to do with seasons and something to do with spores pollen there's a tree in chiswick it was about a month of the year when if i walk up a certain part of chiswick high road my my nose explodes i, I start sneezing it starts right and then Another hundred yards up the road, and I'm fine again. It's the strangest thing. It's only happened to me four times. Good, amazing. Only four times. Goodness knows what the conditions are that that prompt this response. Any chance we'll get back to the baby? But nobody else around me at that moment is suffering in the same way. So think of it like that. These are the worst things for governments to get a grip with, for societies to get a grip with. I think apart from the fact that only last week. Conservative MPs were publicly stating that anybody from overseas who has made a home here should shut up about the conditions and never, ever complain. Wow. He never got back to talking about the baby after all that. You have to really marshal your forces not to let the tear ducts take over. Wow. This is the Richie Allen Show. It's 27 and a half minutes past the hour of five o'clock on Wednesday, the 16th of November, 2022. I'll be taking your telephone calls shortly. 
very shortly. But before I do that, I'll read some of your comments on the website. You may always comment via my website, richieallen.co.uk, and it's pretty easy to do because it says comment live on the menu bar. Comment live, it says. Colds, seasonal flu and respiratory diseases, a nuisance, but we all get them. Now more than ever, it is essential to have a robust immune system. Inspired by the Zelenko Protocol, Immunex 365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immunex 365 every day. As a special launch offer to UK listeners of The Richie Allen Show, you will receive a discount of 15% by using the code RichieAllen365 at checkout. Go to Immunex365.co.uk to get yours now and with free two-day track delivery. You're listening to your Richie Allen Show. Andrew, welcome back to the programme. I'm going to play the jingle one more time for you. Then I'll read some of your comments if I can get on the bloody website. And then I'll take a piece of music and then you and I will conflab. We'll have a chat, you and me, today. It's your call. Skype. Or call 0161-818-2018. Talk to Richie now. Yes, I, I have read many things over the years pertaining to psychology and to psychiatry. And what James O'Brien was displaying on his radio programme this morning um, is classic sociopathy. He's a sociopath. Um, feeling around for for how he should feel about the, the, the child. Um, directing people to pay more attention to how he struggled to deal with the loss of the baby boy rather than the family and the plight they found themselves in. You often get this with sociopaths. They're totally preoccupied with babies and animals, particularly babies and animals. They get very upset, or at least they pretend to get upset about, you know, things, bad things happening to babies and to animals. But they struggle, you know, to relate to or to empathise with anybody else. James O'Brien is, I'm, I'm going to stop it, I think. I think I'll leave James O'Brien alone because he sounds to me like somebody who isn't well. And I don't say that for a laugh. It's 29 minutes to the top of the hour. I think you'd have to be kind of sick to work in the UK's mainstream media and to deliver that bilge, that boil, that crap that they serve up to us every day, that propagandistic piss that they uh, put their names to, like Deborah Haynes talking about the Iranians coming to get us on the streets of the UK. I can't get into the comments, would you believe? The website's very busy at the moment. It is very busy. I do hope you'll call me. I know you will. I'll ask that if you've not done it before, please do. You you know me by now. You know that I'm a very pleasant chap. And you can even... I shouldn't even say this. It doesn't matter what you want to say regarding COVID, regarding Russia, Ukraine. Um, Whether I agree with you or not is irrelevant. I'm not here to disagree with you. I'm here to listen to you. 
and maybe, just maybe, interject with a counter-narrative, maybe. But I do want to hear from you. It's 0161818 and the Skype line is very simply chat with Richie. But give me a couple of minutes to open the bloody thing before you start phoning me. Give me a couple of minutes. Right? It's your call, Skype. Or call 0161818 Talk to Richie now. And while I get your comments up on the screen, here's Eric Clapton. Well, it's actually Derek and the Dominoes to be factually correct. This is Layla on your Richie Allen show. It's the time now, 28 minutes to 5 o'clock. Your call today. I'm really looking forward to hearing from you, so don't let me down. I always love the uh, the end of that song, the the instrumental at the end, and the part it's used in Goodfellas. Remember that the Goodfellas film made by Marty Scorsese. Lovely scene where all the bodies. It sounds awful. Sounds very morbid. Lovely scene where the bodies are all turning up at the end. It isn't lovely, but it's kind of. It's very black humour, isn't it? I'm going to give you the jingle one more time and then we're going straight to the telephone lines. I really, really want to hear from you this evening. So do not let me down. Do you understand me? Here's the contact stuff again. It's your call. Skype. Or call 0161-818-2018. Talk to Richie now. Those are straightforward details, straight to the mobile phones. Caller, welcome to you. How are you? And who are you? Good evening. Who am I speaking with? Uh, Sue Gornall. Hello, hello, Sue. Welcome to the programme. Where are you? I'm in Barnoldswick in Lancashire. You're in Lancashire. Good on you, lass. Nice to have you on, Sue. Um, You're opening the proceedings, so what would you like to talk about? I know. I'll tell you what, Sue, that line is absolutely terrible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a quick note of the number and I'm going to call you back in a minute. So apologies to Sue for that. Um, sincere apologies to Sue. It sounded like she was talking from inside a, a barrel. I don't know. Um, but we'll get her back on. Um, I think we've got Dory on the line. How are you doing, Dory? Adjusting your screen there, I can see you. Can you hear me? No, nothing happening today. Hi, Dory. Can you hear me? She's saying yes, but her microphone is not switched on. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get Dory on the line in a moment. By other means. This is a huge success, isn't it, this afternoon? It's one of those things. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, it's Lucy from Northern Ireland. How are you doing, Lucy? Thank God for you, Lucy. I was just about, about to pack up and go home. And then <laughs> I am I am home. Lovely to speak with you. What, which part of Northern Ireland are you in? Near Belfast. I love Belfast. I've only visited twice. Spent a bit of time in Banbridge in County Down. Loved it there. Used to go up to uh, to Belfast back in the day when it was a little bit more lively than, than it is now. Anyway, enough of my bloody nonsense. You're very welcome, Lucy. What would you like to say? 
Thanks, Richie. It's nice to be on your show. My pleasure. I've been a listener for two years now. Um, I've started recording people taking sick and dying of my age group. I'm 45 in the last couple of years since, well, no, year and a half, I suppose, since the vaccine started. And I have read the Pfizer document that lists various um, causes for concern, as it were. And a lot of the people that are my age group seem to be taking sick and dying from what is listed in the Pfizer document. And I just want to encourage your listeners to do the same. Just a little note, every week when they hear a story of somebody they know that has taken on well. Make a note of it, jot it down. So you're you're a couple of years younger than, than I am. Um, so you start to notice that people are taking ill and dying. Was it was it easy to determine whether or not they'd taken the jab or was that something you couldn't determine, Lucy? Most of my friends, I'll say 95%, have taken the have jab. They? Yeah. That'd be about right, wouldn't it? I mean, most of the people I grew up with and even people who I got to know during the course of my travels, just, you know, asking them, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say 9 out of 10, 95%, yeah, would have taken it. And what sorts of things, Lucy, are we talking about? Are we talking about cardiac stuff, heart um, problems, uh, other things? Give us, give us an idea. Yes, I've lost a friend to pancreatic cancer. Um, I've heard of another one, similar age, diagnosed with pancreatic cancer just this year. Um, cardiac, yes, a lot of cardiac. I've had friends have, do you know, that monitor put on to wear for a week to see why they're having heart problems. That's um, park, the, the, the heart issue thing is very close to, 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 to us here because Caroline's, my, my partner for people who don't know her name is Caroline and, and her mother had a, a cardiac issue, a heart issue after the second uh, jab I think or the third one I think it might have been the second one there was nothing we could do or Caroline could do to persuade her not to have the jab that she might not need it she went and had it anyway but, but tell us a bit more about pancreatic cancer, that's listed in the Pfizer uh, document drop is it? Yes it is and it's something, you know, I I grew up with Dirty Dancing Patrick Swayze and I was gutted when Patrick Swayze died from pancreatic cancer. But aside from him, I hadn't known anybody or really heard of pancreatic cancer. So to have two people my age, one who has passed away from it this year and another who's been diagnosed with it, it does cause me concern. And I really just wanted to reach out to you to encourage your listeners maybe to start taking a note of you know, strange illnesses that seem to be happening to people right now. Why not, Lucy? Yeah, why not? Um, so on on the friends, do you think, you know, losing friends to, to cancer and seeing that people are all of a sudden getting, uh, coming down with, with issues related to the heart, do you think that's likely to maybe you know encourage people to think again maybe could you see some of your friends thinking maybe i won't have the the booster this winter maybe i won't have one next year what do you think yes and no i had coffee with a friend last week who has definitely taken two potentially three and she's overweight and a low underage 50 when you're overweight in northern ireland you are 
able to benefit in inverted commas from a, a free COVID and flu vaccine over here. So she was offered both and she opted only for the flu one. So perhaps turned down the most recent COVID one. She did say that she had been experiencing chest pain since having COVID. Now, I didn't like to press the issue and say, you know, perhaps could this be from your first or second vaccine rather than from when you got COVID? Although, laughably, she got COVID after she got jabbed. That's a fair question. But your question to her is fair. Isn't it unusual that you would get chest pains and problems after you've gotten over an illness? That just doesn't happen. I mean, I've had a bit of chest pain with uh, with an infection, but once it's gone, it's gone. It doesn't kind of hang around. And again, you'd like to think that people might, a light bulb might just flash over their heads when they have a jab and then they they begin to feel ill. Do you feel, I feel this, Lucy, that despite the fact that the media has completely refused to cover the injuries, except for, I think, a guy called Mark Stain or Steen on GB News, but outside of him, nobody's touched it. But they're still finding it very difficult to keep a lid on it because I've spoken to people locally they, they've never heard of the Richie Allen show. They've never heard of Vernon Coleman. They've never heard of anything. But I've heard people say, I'm not having a third one. No, I'm not having a third one. And and you ask them why. And and, and one or two people have said to me, well, I, I, I've heard of, of a friend or a family member who was particularly unwell after theirs. So I'm going to give the, the third jab or the booster a bit of a wide berth. So maybe... Maybe this is starting to reach people despite the best efforts of the media, Lucy, to keep it quiet. You might be onto something there, I guess, because I've been quite vocal about my own view on it. My friends won't tell me if they decide not to, I guess, it's for me to be one-on-one with them. And as I said, my friend did select to take only the flu vaccine, not the COVID vaccine this time, but she didn't elaborate to say why she hadn't taken the offer of the COVID one in her other arm at the same time. She does think that it was caused by, you know, her her chest pain is caused by either having had COVID or it's a perimenopause thing because we're women of a certain age. Right. Because I know know that when somebody's had a respiratory illness, I know that for a time afterwards it can leave you debilitated, lethargic and... And, and, you know, pretty down. That, that's, that's, that's true, that happens. But not to the extent they claimed with, with this long COVID thing, which I think is an invention. And I think long, and I could be wrong, I've got to say, I'm not a doctor, I don't have any training. But for me, long COVID was a wonderful get out of jail card for all of these vaccine injuries that we're seeing. You know, because we, we know that Guillain-Barre syndrome, uh, I always pronounce that terribly, is, is something that is, is definitely a side effect of these jabs. And I think this kind of long COVID story, which which maybe your friend has maybe kind of jumped on, you know, I, I have a chest pain after COVID. The long COVID story is a brilliant bit of engineering, isn't it? To allow them to explain why so many people are so sick so long after they had COVID. And when, it, when in fact it might be down to the jabs they were given maybe. Yes, I think it was brilliantly scripted. I have another 45-year-old female friend who is a care worker. And for a long time in Northern Ireland, care workers who were diagnosed with long COVID got full pay. Right. And this care worker took three injections because she felt her job required it. 
and was very, very sick after each and every one and swore after each one, I'll not do it again, I'll not do it again, but she did. So now she would be quite vocal and admit that these injections have caused her harm. She's very lethargic. She has brain fog, etc. Um, and Lucy, and sorry to interrupt. The stopped. I did <laughs> she's it. So back did, at work now. But she's, she's back struggling. at work. She's back at work, but she's struggling with the brain fog. My apologies for interrupting. I wanted to ask you, while, while you're on this train of thought, would she possibly look into... The, uh, the yellow card scheme and would she possibly look into maybe applying for compensation? Is, is Not at all. No. It wouldn't be on her radar. And she has since gone back to her GP because the full pay stopped and she's back at work, she's struggling and her GP has told her she has asthma. All of a sudden she has asthma. She's a, a woman a in her 40s and now she has asthma. Wow. Lucy, that's an absolutely fantastic call. We're going to throw it out to the listeners. Um, why not do, as Lucy has done, keep a close kind of an eye on your, your circle of friends, people, your own peers, and make note of, I mean, there's, there's a bit of subterfuge about this, but it's, in, it's, it's for a good cause, I think, and make a note of any health issues they may have especially, of course, if they are submitting themselves for these for these jobs. We won't call them vaccines because by their own admission, uh, they're not vaccines. Uh, brilliant stuff, Lucy. Great way to kick it off. Thank you um, for coming on. Really nice to meet you as well. Thank you, Richie. Nice to talk to you. Good luck with the show. Bye. And good luck to your friends, Lucy, importantly, particularly the friends who have been affected by, by the jobs. Lucy there, yeah. Um, we're going to try and get Dory on, and then I'm going to try and get uh, Sue on. Uh, tried Sue there, but I couldn't get Sue. We'll get Sue on, who was on earlier on, but the phone line wasn't great. It's exactly 12 minutes to the top of the hour. This is the Richie Allen Show. It's live from BBG Towers. I'm taking your phone calls between now and the end of the programme, so please keep them coming in. I can't seem to get Dory there, so let's go back to the mobile phones. Caller, you're live on the programme. Welcome. Who am I speaking with, please? Oh, sorry, uh, Richie, you are with me, mate? Sorry, i still got you on the other device. No, I'm with you, my friend. Who am I speaking with? It's Donnie in Brighton, mate. How you doing? Donnie, lovely to hear from you. It's been a long time, pal. Welcome back. Um, Thank you. What would you like to talk about? Did you hear Lucy's call? Fascinating stuff, that. Keep I literally her... didn't, mate. I just got back in the car and rolled a cigarette. It was amazing to go through so fast, but... Yeah, she's... Um... I think she was just saying about making notes and stuff with... Uh... Yeah. People that are, well, basically croaking it, aren't they? And, yeah, if you recall, I, I drive an Uber, so the amount of people I'm taking to funerals, mate, they, I've literally got no questions. No questions. They've lost husbands, friends, you know, dropping dead on golf courses unexpectedly in quotes, you know. But And obviously, yeah, it's mental. How much do you say to them? I mean, occasionally, I'm when it's not immediate family, I'm like, are you aware of myocarditis? I mean, Christ, how do we all know these words now, you know? But... Do yeah, you, you have to be careful, Donny? Do you have to be care- careful as an Uber driver in terms of? Oh, I know. You, so, so somebody says, "Jesus, my 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 brother dropped dead on the golf course. There was nothing wrong with him. He dropped dead, stone dead of a heart attack." And you've got to be really careful about dropping in the jab uh, oh, into no, the man. conversation. I, I learned my lesson a couple of years ago, Richie. To some extent, at least, I'm still a dick, but you know, not as much <laughs> because you literally it's the, it's a minefield, mate. It literally is, and. And with the social credit system training app, which the Uber app is, you know, with a five-star rating and that, you know, these uh, Karens, <laughs> these Karens that drive around for jump chains, they've got power over my life, mate. I mean, literally just a 
touch of a button away and they're, they're starting to know it. I mean, I said to my missus, it's thank God they don't know the extent of which they've got the power because once they do, mate, and it's being thrust forward in the media all the time, isn't it? Just putting the power in the weakest of hands, the, the least amongst us, the least resilient, the least strong, and they've been gifted all the power very cleverly, very cleverly through the propaganda and that. And yeah, literally, mate, it's, it's it's a bit of a joke, beyond a joke, really, to be honest, man. And you're doing more funeral runs than you might expect to do at the moment. Um, you know, I don't know about. I would have to say, yeah. I mean, more funeral runs on the on the front of. There's no explanation from the people, and no question as about as to why their friend died in their forties. You know, it's like they they're just telling you about it conversationally, and you have to sit there and. You know, obviously, you, you can't say anything. You literally can't. And you you know that they're basically, they've, they've been murdered. You know, I mean, they're basically the euphemism for murder these days, and it's not funny, but Christ, it's got to be said, is sudden adult death syndrome, isn't it? Or if it's a kid, sudden in, infant death syndrome. And that's what we're dealing with. Murder's been semantically changed to just a, a quip, and you still can't mention it. I have to be professional here and say, that people do die and young people do die of things like infarctions, you know, in the heart and and blood clots and stuff. These things do happen. What I'm really interested in finding out, and I've tried to look into this and I've I've gotten two or three different answers, is is the mortality rates are mortality rates amongst the various age groups, are they worse or are they more are more people dying now than than otherwise would be dying at this time of year when 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 you take into account everything that's what we need to find out are I agree they? but with, yeah. with the system the way it is we're never going to find a bloody thing out because it's yeah. top down control and the way that the way I look at it not just the banking system that was that's really basics these days just understand understanding the banking system's corrupt and private but when the, the, all of that's filtered, it, it goes through all of the all the regulatory authorities are controlled by the banking structure. When you look into it, all of the corporations, all of the alphabet agencies that conduct regulation, and if there isn't an alphabet agency to regulate something, then they just make one up. It's like pot noodle, isn't it? Just add water. Yeah, yeah. Pops a regulatory agency from an economic standpoint. They just put themselves as an arbitrator or a rent seeker, and it's like a turnkey operation constantly, isn't it? You know, and and we never get to get anywhere because no. well, for me we need to look at the bigger picture. Can we go back to something? Can we go back to something you said, which is really important? I've used some, I've used Uber off and on for the last couple of years. I used it in the summer. I used it in in the spring in Sheffield. And I used it recently because uh, my car needed some work doing to it. And uh, they gave me a, they wanted to give me a courtesy car, but I don't like driving other people's cars, so I didn't, I, and I don't drive very much anyway. you got to so, drive it like you stole it, mate, when you get a courtesy car. Yeah, that's I don't, the that's the law, but I, I've never been a petrol head, so I'd rather leave it in the garage and do my own thing. Here's the thing I yeah. find, in, not only is it sinister, but I find it almost offensive, not, and this is not exclusive to Uber, but to read, like you're on Uber, so you take out your mobile phone and you call an Uber car, you request the drive, and then you're connected to a driver. And as you said, at the end of the at the end of the, the the drive, you're expected to rate your driver, and your driver is expected to rate you out of five stars. And I, what, mm-hmm. what what I found really interesting was reading through you know the terms and conditions. Was um you know they talk about me the customer and my partner driver, oh, and that yeah. is and that it's really important you know 
that I give a good experience to my partner driver. Now I'm a consumer. Is that how they word it? Literally, obviously, that, I'm not, I'm that is how that is how they word it, and I find that absolutely out of fucking order. Yeah, I, I'm the same, mate, but from the other direction. I, I mean, I get, like, ones and twos randomly. I never know why, and it'll come up as level of service. And I got one yesterday, and it said, each rider is unique. I'm like, what the fuck? Each rider is unique? And it's just a taxi, and you get in, yeah. and A, you get out of B. I mean, but it's been turned into, like, a first date. It feels like you sat with a driving yeah. instructor at a clipboard with some of these pricks, mate. It's mental. And this is undoubtedly uh, acclimatizing humanity, to score one another um, increasingly more and more and more. So at the moment, like we, we've, I mentioned on the show yesterday, lads came and put a new roof on the house. Lovely. Uh, mm. so off they went and they said to me, Richie, make sure now you put a Google review up there for us. Oh, I, said, yeah. I said, no problems. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm well aware of the fact that if you're in the building trade, that um, you are in, becoming more and more reliant on getting new customers through, sadly, through Google reviews. So I yeah. explained to the guy, I would do it, of course, but I said, this is rotten, isn't it? This, you yeah. know, th- this is how it's going, where we're going to be rating each other. We, of course, we saw that famous across episode. Across the board, Richie. Across the board, yeah, yeah. It's across the board, mate. Yeah, it's mental, Donnie. Donnie, literally, I'm going to take another call, pal. That was uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, thanks for coming on. Good to hear from you again. It's been a long time. I hope it won't thanks be as long next time. Anytime, Donny. Donny in Brighton, who drives an Uber for uh, a living. That's really, really, really interesting, that. Isn't it? Uh, driving or, or, or coming to... Uh, uh, arriving at the conclusion that I'm, I'm driving more often to funerals than I ordinarily would be. And then, of course, having to be pretty careful about what it is you, you say to people, lest you get a poor rating from the customer and lest you get into trouble with um, with your bosses at Uber. The time is four minutes to the top of the air. Now, I'm hoping that I manage to reconnect with Sue in Lancashire. Are you there, Sue? I am. Sue, the line is absolutely bloody terrible. Is there another way we can do this? Can I can I get you to connect to me via Skype or is there a landline you can send me a text with your landline number because it sounds like you're you're out in the middle of nowhere, Sue. I'm I'm studying. Yeah, it's really bad. We can't hear that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a note of Sue's number. I'm going to contact her after the show, ask her out for a pint, get done for sexual harassment, and then we'll get her on the show. Okay, make a note of Sue's number. It's that one. Yeah, and let me just do it there. Sorry about that, Sue. But, you know, we have some standards to maintain here. Oh, seven. Uh, carry the two. Yeah, I've got it now. Lovely. Now, Dory was trying to get on. I'm hoping this time that Dory has sorted out the old uh, communication issues there. It's marvellous when, when, when you have so many producers. I've got three producers there looking at me through a glass window. And I've got an editor over there. And, of course, I've got Natasha answering phone calls in the background. It's a massive big team here at BBG Towers. I'm trying to ring Dory now. I'm giving up on you, Dory. I'm giving up on you, our kid, um, because I just can't connect to you. Let's go back to the mobile phones. It's uh, the phone-in show with me, Richie Allen, live on richieallen.co.uk. We're on Fab Radio 2 in Manchester, and the programme is, of course, on the TuneIn app too. Hello, listener. Who am I speaking with? Good evening. Hi, Richie. It's, it's, uh, it's Wayne. Hello, Wayne. Welcome. We spoke, 
Hi, um, we spoke um, we spoke last year a few times, um, um, predominantly about uh, about the propaganda on the soaps and subliminal messaging. That's and stuff right. Like that. Yeah, which continues unabated, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, it's still uh, it's still all going on now, but I've noticed it's more about um, it's more about climate change, and they, they don't seem to be doing so much of the um, of the subliminal stuff. It seems more. It seems more blatant, you know. Maybe they don't. Ha- maybe they just feel that you know, you know, it doesn't matter anymore. You know. No, Wayne. Did you call in the previous phone in show or the one before that? No, there is another way. There's another way. Ah, um, right. Okay. Yeah, and not, not that yeah. it matters. Let's stay with this for a couple of minutes. I like this. Um. Well, well, you're right. It, it, there isn't anything subliminal about the climate stuff. It's basically just news reporters, including. You know, BBC stalwarts like the likes of Nikki Campbell and Rachel Burden and Nihal Arsenayake. And then you've got um, your, your woman in the mid-mornings, the pixie, who also does the breakfast show. The, I can't yeah. remember her name. Just telling you that this stuff is happening and that it needs to be dealt with. There's very little subtlety in it at all. It's just um, we're all going to die unless we drastically change the way we live, Wayne. Yeah, the... Um couple of things happened recently it's uh sort of like synchronicity wise which, which um which made me think about some things um you know just touching just touching on the soaps you, you know the, the david ike story about the anti um labeling him as anti-semitic yes i, I do i'm very familiar with it yeah, yeah. um well there's, there's this storyline at the moment on coronation street where uh, to cut a long story short there's um there's a there's a there's a terrorist there's a terrorist group which is meant to be full of conspiracy theorists. Can you believe this? No, I can't. No, hang on, hang yeah. on. I don't know anything about this, but I did, I did read something in the Mail or the Telegraph today about something to do with terrorism in Coronation Street, and I laughed. I couldn't imagine what the storyline is. Tell me more, Wayne. Yeah, they're, they're talking about um, uh, chemtrails, uh, COVID jabs, um, uh, the, the vaccines, Bill Gates, lizards, you name it. And um, and they're all and they're all skinheads and all all thugs. No and, way. And and, and and obviously anti-Semitic and um, and uh, racist as well. And that's how they're being portrayed. It's, it's absolutely outrageous. Wow, this is amazing. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching Coronation Street reruns now all yeah. all all week. So and, and, this was about uh, this was about two weeks back. I, there's a couple of episodes I haven't watched because I've just not been able to stomach it. But. Um, but whilst I was thinking about this, um, the uh, you know you know the, the David Icke story came up, and uh, and I really looked into that, and uh, you know you know looked on, um, I found the Schengen the Schengen website. You know how he's been banned from these twenty six uh, twenty six countries. Now has he been banned from twenty six countries, or is it just the, the the Netherlands, as far as you understand, Wayne? No, no, it's it's definitely twenty six uh, countries, and. Um, uh, 26 countries there's um, on the website you've basically got uh, five level five level levels of terrorism now the Netherlands was put from what from my understanding of it the the Netherlands was put on a terrorist level three watch for the weekend of the demonstration um, because this because they said there could be incitement to terrorism and a person themselves can be put on a terrorism watch levels one to five uh, again, like the individual countries can. Um, and I was looking at some of the criteria, and um, and on the website um, it says 
uh, serious um, and heinous crimes, uh, potential terrorist threats may incite people to terrorism. And then the last one, it says a threat to Europe, which which is really creepy, isn't it? A threat to Europe, right. Jesus. And and apparently the countries get together in the the Schengen area and, and it seems that they vote. They, they they just make a vote and um, and they and they decided to ban him for f- two years, and David Icke is down as a terrorism free. This is just the in- incredible stuff. Um, so I started, you know, so I was thinking that that this, this, you know, going back to the the Coronation Street story and um, and some research I was doing online as well. And you look up any conspiracies online now, it's saying uh, anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, uh, racist conspiracy theory, far-right wing anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. And, um, and, and, this, and this seems to be how the labelling is all now. You know, they're coming after us all. You know, it's, I think it's really... Anyone, anyone is asking any questions of, 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 of narratives, anyone is yeah. asking any questions, that's... Yeah, it's funny that because I I came across an interview on Channel Five this morning. Carol Malone was on the Jeremy Vine Telly Show, and there yeah. was a there was a a, a British African historian on there as well, uh, Hen, yeah. Henry Bosu, I think the chap's name is, and right. they he was trying to equate uh, conspiracy theorists with you know, with the far right and he invoked Trump and Trump supporters. So I, I think you're right. I think there is yeah. a move to try and paint anyone who dares to question lockdowns and dares to question the World Economic Forum's plans to change the world. Well, let's label them as thugs. And I tell you what, Wayne, I, 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 I have no reason to doubt you. I, I'm sure you're telling me uh, the truth. But to put this storyline into Coronation Street... And to have the conspiracy theorists in inverted commas to be skinheads and threatening and menacing uh-huh. people, that's not something that some Coronation Street scriptwriter has come up with by themselves. I wouldn't no, imagine. No. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't believe so. I mean, uh, um, I don't really want to. You know, I wanted to to to, to touch on something else. I don't really want to get into it today. But there has been proof come out the last twelve months or so. Not. Um, uh, there was a paper which was sent out um, from BIT, you know, B- uh, Behavioural Insights Team and Spy B, yeah, which, yeah, was, yeah. which was to do with climate change. And it was advising television companies on, uh, on ways that they can um, message and put subliminal messaging into things. And this, was speci- this document was specifically relating to climate change. But I think it goes without saying that they're, they're doing this with, um, with with everything, you know. Yeah, and you're right about climate change. That th- There isn't, whereas the COVID stuff, I mean, I think the last time we spoke about this or one of the times we, we talked about it, you you alerted me to a scene in an EastEnders episode, which I eventually found, and I played yeah. it on the show, where somebody was asked in a corner shop on EastEnders about whether they've had their jab, and the person yeah. said no, and then the, the other characters rounded on the person and castigated them for, for not having their jab, and we saw a bit of that, a little bit more subtle. But with the climate yeah. stuff, it isn't subtle at all. It's just it's sledgehammer stuff. We're going to die unless we agree yeah. that we have yeah. to change the way we live. Yeah. I mean, if, um, I mean, if I could just briefly just touch on um, the... the 
you know, these labels as regards, you know, the, the, the you know, label David with about being anti-Semitic. Um, I mean, he's no more anti-Semitic than, um, than, than either you or I. But, um, but I think I know where, um, you know, where that's come from uh, and, and the ammunition which they've, which they've used, which is obviously, which is obviously false. I'll tell you where, uh, where, where, where that came from. I am getting backed up with calls, Wayne. I'll tell you where the anti-Semitic stuff came from because I know this because I, yeah. I, I watched this from afar and from up close. Um, some Jewish people, not all, but some Jewish people to this day genuinely believe, now they are wrong, but they genuinely believe that lizards was a metaphor for Jews. That's where mm-hmm. that began. Now, it isn't. I, I've spoken about this many yeah. times over the years, but that's a belief they hold dear, some of them. Other Jewish people like John Ronson, the journalist, and others, they know it's not true. And they would rather take on um, David Icke's series on their merits, on their face values, and not resort to uh, labelling him as anti-Semitic. But that's where it initially began, this idea that he was a coward who wanted to blame the Jews for everything, but couldn't, so he would insert lizards. But that's not true. The lizard stuff goes back to Credo Mutua, a reptilian entity, interdimensional. He totally believes that. That's a fact. I mean, yeah, I know, I know, I know. I agree. Have you heard of the Protocols of Zion, Richie? Yes, which he wrote about in a book many, many years ago. I'm not sure how, um, yeah. how much he endorsed the Protocols or how much he didn't, but he wrote about the Protocols, and I know he's been bashed for that as well. well. Can I ask you, well, Wayne, because this is, this is interesting. I don't want to brush you off, but I do have a lot of calls, and we've had 10 okay, minutes already. Yeah. So let me ask you, to be as brief as you can, I... I don't know what to think about the protocols of the elders of Zion. I have no idea. I know there will be listeners listening to this and they will say, oh, I, I think they're real, Richie, and, and yeah. it was the blueprint. And there will be others who say, oh, no, it's not. It was, you know, it was a hoax. I don't know. What do you think, briefly? Okay, well, uh, you know, br- br- briefly, I will try me very quick. Kind of I mean, the, the, pro- the protocols of Zion, I'm not 100% sure whether the, the, um, whether the document's genuine or not. But from the research I've done and from what David said, I mean, I agree with most of what David said. Um, I mean, it's a document that first surfaced in the, uh, in the 19th century. And David himself has said that, you know, you know whatever the source of the document, it's, rem- it's, it's remarkable how so many of the 24 protocols have actually come true uh, and, and are actually still um, unfolding. But it's basically a route map. You know, for 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 you know the kind of thing we've seen, you know, over the last uh, you know over the last few decades, and and for what's um, for what's happening now. But the but he the, in his early works, you know, David spoke about the protocols a lot, and I think that's what he based a lot of his work on. But more recently, he's spoken about the um, um, the Sabbatians, which has also got him labelled, um, you know, as a as a as a Jew hater, because David believes that these these Sabbatians. Of the um, of a cult which is behind um, Zionism. Um, I mean, you know, he, you know, you'll have heard him talk about the bloodlines, which I mean, basically, David doesn't believe, uh, nor do I, that um, you know that you can label any one particular group um, other than uh, the different bloodlines, you know, which he says came out of Babylon and and uh, and Sumer. But round about the, um, but in the uh, 17th century, there was a guy called uh, um, uh, Sebatine Zevi, who who claimed himself to be the Jewish Messiah uh, in 1666, and basically he then uh, he, he and it was a complete inversion 
of, um, of uh, Judaism, nothing to do with the Jewish faith at all. And as David says, they, they weren't real Jews. They actually inverted deliberately everything which uh, was to do with Judaism. So where there was a, where there was a uh, fast day, they would have a feast day. They would promote um, sexual promiscuity. Um, you, know, you, know, you name it. You know, you know, this is something it. I know very little about, Wayne. I, I, I'm, not, yeah. I, I'm not censoring this. It's not that I don't want to. I'm happy to talk about this on another program yeah. with people who have written about this, with people who have written books mm. about it. I've, I've, I, but these, these are things I, I, I know very little about. I absolutely yeah. endorse what you said. For me, the guy has never been anti-Semitic. He's never blamed the Jews as a group of people for anything. Um, yeah. As for the protocols, for listeners who don't know, the protocols were first, um, they first showed up in a newspaper in Russia back in, oh, I'm going to say 1900 or thereabouts. Um, yeah. You said 24 chapters or, 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 or something like that. And protocols, protocols, yeah, yeah, protocols. That's right. Which um, allegedly um, show how Jewish people plan to control the world and conspire against uh, states or nations where where they happen to be living. Uh, this caught on at the time. Henry Ford was big into it, and others mm. like him. Um, Jews at the time and Jews today say that this these protocols were were basically dreamed up by people who hate the Jews to portray the Jews yeah. as a kind yeah. of a satanic race of people who are hell bent on world domination. That's the, the kind That's of right. cliffed notes about the the uh, the protocols. But um, mm. uh, yeah, I, I I have no real opinion on whether the protocols are, re are are real or not because I just don't know. But Wayne, I am going to take more calls. Lovely to have you on the program today. Um, and I, I, I'm sure we'll catch up again in the future. Wayne on the line to us there from, um, I didn't ask him where he was on the line to us from, actually. I should have got his location from him. Caller, you're live on the program. Welcome. Who am I speaking with? And turn me down, please. Turn me down. I didn't want to get into a big, long talk there about what David Icke thinks about Jewish history because I don't give a shit today, to be honest. I really don't. Um, I haven't read any of David's recent books. I've read many of his earlier books about about bloodlines, about banking families, about royal families, about interbreeding, about how democracy was uh, dreamt up by the ruling classes of the day when they knew that the game was up and the peasants were turning. It's all very interesting stuff. But as for any recent writings, anything that David Icke has said recently about Jewish people, I haven't a clue, or, or, or Sabbatians, or I have no idea. So I'm at a loss, so I can't talk about that, because I do not know. And frankly, I'm not interested. Caller, welcome back. How are you? Welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hi there, Richie. I'm Pete. How are you doing, Pete? Where are you, my friend? I'm in South London, Richie. And you sounded South London. <laughs> yeah, correct pronunciation. Pr 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 lovely to have you on, Pete. What would you like to say, mate? Go ahead. Uh, first time caller. I'd just like to say there's nothing to worry, worry about, Richie. Go on. <laughs> Well, I think that we're never going to get to the Great Reset because everything is going to collapse long before that. I was listening to your lady that you were speaking to yesterday, the Welsh lady. And Nicola, and Nicola Lund, about, yeah. um, You know, all these sort of new things they're going to bring in, like heat pumps and other things. And all this kind of thing needs massive manufacturing and resources and diesel fuel and diesel engines. And that's really sort of, you know, counter to the Great Reset. So I don't see how we're actually ever going to get there. I don't know what you thought about that. That's a really interesting point. You might very well be right. But if we didn't get there, where would we end up? Well, I mean, uh, in a, back in the 17th century is my guess. Um, you know, I mean, I, I can't really see 
how they're going to achieve it, and, how, and especially how the the powers that be are going to maintain any kind of order, you know, in in society. Wow, Pete, you've, you've got me thinking there. Back in the 17th century, living like what? Living subsistence level? Do you think? Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there, Richie. I mean, this is one of the things I've been, you know, struggling with over the last months and year or so. I just wonder what you think and what other viewers thought, really. Really interesting, Pete. How uh, you sound really chirpy. It's it's. Um, I, I'm looking ahead. I, I've I've been speaking quite a bit lately with with my other half, my better half. You know about how how difficult things might get this winter. The bills are mounting up. Now, they're not mounting up here. We're lucky we don't have a lot of um, great expenses. But we've seen everything go up, like, really steeply. The shopping has gone up. The uh, heating and electricity bills have gone up. And we're starting to worry about that. Do you worry about stuff like this? Is it is it, is it on your mind, you know, looking ahead? Or do you try not to think about it? How how, how do you cope? How do you deal with this stuff? Uh, well, I mean, I've prepared myself as best as I can, Richie, but I'm, I think it's just the next part of it. They've gone as far as they can with the COVID and the injections. The next next part is to bankrupt everybody and starve us. So, um, you know, I can't stop what's coming. Um, you have to sort of, you know, bit of, bit of prepping. Do, do what you can, really. Prepping and stuff like that, like we've we've spoken about before, that's the sort of thing you've you've been doing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as I said, I mean, you know, I think that, you know, I mean, they've said it themselves, haven't they? The thing is that they tell you what they're up to anyway. Um, so, I think that, you know, this is the this is the plan. The plan is just to bankrupt everybody and take away the food and then replace the food with with insects with isn't it? and synthetic stuff. Yeah, 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 no doubt about it. Pete, you've thrown it out there. Wow, Pete reckons they won't get to their planned great reset because everything will have collapsed before then. Um, you might very well be right, Pete. Is there anything else you wanted to say before I move on? Really good to meet you, by the way. No, that's. I think I've done enough damage for the day, Richie. Not at all, <laughs> buddy. Thanks, Pete. Pete in South London is South London. Um, let me just clarify something, because I might have sounded grumpy there. I lived with David Icke. I like David Icke. I'm in contact with um, the Icke family. I've great time for them. I haven't read any of his recent books, not because of, for any other reason than I don't have the time. But the reason I said I'm not interested is because it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter. I, I doubt David Icke would agree with me, and I doubt you agree with me. I don't think it matters anymore. This stuff is going on. It's happening right now. And Pete reckons they won't get where they want to go because it's all going to collapse. But I just, I don't have any more time in my, I don't have any time I would say for my sanity, I really would, to be looking back at how we got to here. I don't see the point of it. Now, David Icke is a researcher and a historian, and that's his area of research, and I totally understand why he would want to do that. I don't care anymore. I really don't. It doesn't matter how these people these bankers, these financiers, these royal families, how they have polluted um, this planet through taking ownership of academic institutions, through taking ownership of, to a basic level, taking ownership of people, planting people, politicians, captains of industry. I don't care anymore. I really don't because it's here now. And, and, and for me... 
when I think about this stuff and I, I have no choice because I, I produce and present radio programs about it, I'm thinking now about how to live with this stuff. The players of yesteryear and the secret societies and the bloodlines. Yes, I found that very interesting over the years, but I, I don't care now. And it isn't information I can take to people who are lining up to get their winter booster jab. I can't tell them this stuff. I can't lead them to this stuff because they don't give a shite. They're not going to listen to it. That's all it is, really. You know, this this really detailed stuff about how the... The, you know, the, the organisations, the round table groups, how all of this stuff happened, the Club of Rome, the Trilateral Commission. It's just useless now, I think. Not for you, and and I, and I get that, and, and of course not for me, because I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't have known this stuff. But I think today doesn't do any good, really, does it? Am I wrong? You can't get people to look at a yellow card report. You can't get people to take a look at newspaper stories about young athletes dropping stone fucking dead on rugby pitches, on Gaelic football pitches. You're not going to get them into rabbit holes about how bloodlines took over the the course of, of, of civilization, how they changed the course of humanity. You're just not going to waste, waste, you know. Am I wrong? Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm happy to be contradicted here. But I don't want you to think I'm being disrespectful of anybody's work. I'm not. I just don't see the point. That's why I don't get into it anymore. I did prior the COVID thing uh, a lot. We talked about it a lot with people like Dean Henderson going back years with people like David Icke, Jim Mars, Jordan Maxwell. Is it, is it of any use now to keep rehashing this stuff? I don't know. You tell me. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? You are live. So please swear. Who am I speaking hi, hi, hi. with? Yeah, hi, good evening. Um, uh, good evening, Richie. It's uh, Darren. Hello, uh, Darren. Nice to have you on, pal. Welcome back. Uh, again, it's, yeah, it's been a while. What would you like to say, Darren? No, I mean, it's, it's just listening to obviously what you've just been saying recently and, and one or two of your previous callers. Unfortunately, I mean, I mean, like most of us, you know, we've we've had to live through the last last couple of years. And, and as I say, it has, it's been pretty much mind blowing. I mean, like the way the agenda is, everything's unfolded and it's it's so blatant. And the trouble is, I mean, why? I mean, I say what I've discovered recently is just to not so much bombard um whether people I meet generally obviously with work or or friends etc with information that they may find overwhelming and then what all that's going to do is turn them away <clears throat> and that's and that's quite rightly what you do yourself I mean you know it's just um you know sometimes you just plant a little seed but you try and keep on their side you know so you're just having a friendly conversation and you might just turn around and you just mention something about, um, <clears throat> you know, um, well, well, anything, any, uh, anything that may not turn them against you as such. And it's just, um, I mean, what I felt recently, I mean, especially, I mean, the, the work that I do, I mean, I work on the railway. And I'm working with um, a lot of passengers and, and, you know, and especially passengers that are flying in from other countries. 
And it's, it's, it's amazing, really, because, I mean, like, you know, you, I get passengers wearing their mask and they're completely overwhelmed and, and, and they're getting all frustrated and flapping about what train to catch. And then I watched one a couple of weeks back. She um, came down, she's wearing a mask and she's running around and there was a platform alteration. And I explained to her where she needs to go. So she's um, <clears throat> wearing a mask runs onto the train with her husband and then she takes her mask off on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, that's just, you know, yeah. you, see, you see things like this and, and, it's, and it's like, you're, in some ways, what I try to do is not to um, allow the energy to get me down as such. Yeah. I mean, it's something that Mark, Mark Bierski mentioned, I think it was on a recent, um, one of his recent Instagram videos. I mean, I'm not on Instagram myself. I'll follow him on Telegram. And what Mark was saying is to try not to absorb as much of their sadness and try not to get too involved and just to sort of distance yourself as such. I totally get that, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, going back yeah. to going back to the research about um, about religions and cultures being infiltrated and how the yeah. Sabathians might have infiltrated Zionism. This all yeah. this might be, you know, very interesting field of research, but it is useless now. It is well, useless no. to me. I can't yeah, I take think, that to people, can I, Darren? No, you, you can't, you can't, Richie. I mean, as I say, I mean, I, I don't want to keep it too long, but I mean, it's just generally sort of like just general observations. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, like like many, I mean, I've got uh, the vast majority of my family have, have gone down that route. And, you know, and to avoid losing them, um, I mean, I've, you know, they're aware of my situation and, and, my, and my opinions. But, I, but I, all I'm learning to do is to be more spiritual and more and just to sort of reach out. You know, when 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 anything happens, I'm still there. And they see that, and what they do, they they look at me and they think, you know, I'm not just this this mad, irate uh, conspiracist theorist. I'm actually I'm, I'm actually able to engage in them as well, yeah. and just be human. And this is unfortunately a lot. Of, a lot and, and what I've noticed lately is a lot of people have forgotten how to be human and just to engage in their fellow human being and speak to them. And that's and, and that's what a lot of people don't do. They're obsessed with their mobile phones. You know, it's like a black mirror device. I mean, you see them walking around and, you know, you see them in restaurants and, 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 and et cetera. And instead of just sitting there and just talking to one another, one another they're engaged in their apps or they're, they're, they're playing games or, or there's a family. And then, and then this, is, this is where the agenda is, is, is working its magic because it's, 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 it's in fact, it, what it's doing is planting seeds in their heads and it's and it's and it's guiding them into the direction that they want them to go. It's black Instead magic. Instead of them being able to sit down yeah. and just work things out for themselves, you it, know, and actually think, well, hang on a minute, you know, why is that? You know, why? You know, why? Why is it safe? You know, why do I have to sort of like sit in a restaurant? Um, obviously, when we have the mask at the time, you know, why, why? Why am I allowed to take them off? Eat my food? And if I, if I have to leave the table to go to the toilet, I'm going to put the mask, put the back, mask on. back on. And why did so many yeah. obediently and in, yeah. a, in such a docile way go yeah. along with that when they must have known it was arbitrary 
Madness. Absolute madness. Madness. But this is a problem. And yeah. I think it's something Max Egan mentioned, I think it was about a couple of years ago. And it's something, you know, he, he talked about. I think it was something about uh, chromosome 8, which I think affects, you know, affects the, uh, the brain and it also affects cancer and other things such as that. But it was something in the, in, in the vaccine he was talking about. And I'm wondering if whether it, it, that's what it's doing to the public. It's actually, you know, anything like critical thinking. If, you know, when you have a civilised conversation, people switch off. And I've noticed this a lot, especially those who've had the jib jab. They, they don't want to engage in, in, in anything else. That's, you know, if you've got to be critical, whether it's the climate change or it's anything else. I mean, as you say, you know, like the climate is dominated by the sun. But people don't understand this. By the sun, we are, yeah. we're, we're, we're carbon beings, you know. And sometimes you just you drop those little seeds in, and they they glaze over, and that's it. And you think, okay. Yeah, I mean, you might be on. you might be onto something that the jab itself might be exacerbating the indifference. It might be, um, yeah, it might be. But but that indifference was was coming in pretty quickly anyway because of as you described I earlier know. on, to disconnect. I, I, I remember living in Spain and marvelling, yeah, yeah. marvelling, yeah. sit, sitting on the bus, getting getting a bus at La Linea. So I'd go into Gibraltar, buy a cheap, yeah, yeah, yeah. cheap litre of Bacardi, come back across yeah. the frontier, get so into I've a got, bus. I'll tell you got sponsors in them anyway, but anyway. Yeah, I wish they were sponsoring me. I, I, keep, <laughs> I, I, keep, I, keep, I keep putting it out there. So I would get on, yeah. I would get on the bus in Spain at La Linea to take me back towards uh, Soda Grande, back towards the port of Duquesa. And I would marvel at the people yeah. on the bus engaged in conversation, laughing, yeah. joking. Now you get a bus, it doesn't matter where you are, you get, a, you, you get on a train. You're right. Their devices, they're, they're they're glued to their devices. I think that I, more than anything has changed, has really changed yeah. human human interaction. It's it's ter- and, and, terrible. And, 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 and exactly, and that's the thing. I mean, it's this basic human interaction. And I think because I think with devices, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I've like, I mean, I'm only probably about maybe about a couple of years younger than yourself. But I mean, you know, I remember sort of like the times. You know, we never had none of these devices. But the trouble is, I mean, I have like children. When I when I mention this, and they turn around and say, "Well, if you had it then, you know," I said, "Well, I can't say that because we never had it. We actually learned how to engage and play games and have fun. You know, I wasn't sat there stuck in a bedroom on a mobile phone. You know, this, that, and everything else, and that. And then people have just lost how to be human. You know." Let's hope they rediscover what it is to be human, Darren, because if they don't, this is going to be over quickly. I'm going to take another call, pal. Really, really good to speak to you. Another excellent call. Thanks, Darren. And mind yourself, pal, Darren there. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. The disconnect. Uh, I'm going to try and connect with Dory. Um, I I, I am. I'm going to do it. I'm I'm going to achieve this today. If I don't achieve anything else, I'm going to give Dory... Uh, a ring the old-fashioned way, and that is on the old dog and bone. I hope it works. We we couldn't connect with Dory earlier on. Problems, I think, with with uh, with uh, her Skype connection. You are listening to the phone in on your Richie Allen show. It's exactly half past six here in Blighty. Just in case you haven't got the contact details or they escaped you earlier on, here they are now. This is the way to reach me. By the way, there is a meme on Comment Live on the website and on the Facebook page. It's 
your call. Skype. Or call 0161-818-2018. Talk to Richie now. Right, just before we do get to Dory, I mean, we'll get to Dory right soon. Um, this first. Cold, seasonal flu and respiratory diseases. We all get them. Never before have your body's defences been under such constant attack. Now more than ever, it's essential to have a robust immune system. Inspired by the Zelenko Protocol, Immunex 365 is a unique formulation that combines effective levels of vitamins D3, C and K2, as well as zinc and quercetin. Immunex 365 has been specifically formulated to maximise the effect of each ingredient, giving your immune system an optimum boost. Take back your health with just two capsules of Immunex 365 every day. UK listeners of The Richie Allen Show can use their special 15% discount code RichieAllen365 at checkout. Go to Immunex365.co.uk to get yours now. Now with two-day track delivery free. Ask not what the BBG can do for you. Support The Richie Allen Show now at RichieAllen.co.uk are you there, Dory? Are you yes, there? Yes, I am, Richie, finally. Thanks be to Jeepers and to all the heavenly angels. Dory, I'm delighted. How are you? I'm fine. I'm I'm sorry we couldn't do the Skype. Darn that Billy Gates. <laughs> yeah, it's you he's after all along. Billy Gates is after you. Hey, Dory, whereabouts are you, interestingly? I'm specifically on a lake called Amston Lake in Connecticut. Amston Lake in Connecticut. Sounds absolutely idyllic. Is it beautiful there? It is. I'm looking out on the lake and I'm very blessed to be here. <laughs> well, we're blessed to and have only, you. Yeah. We're blessed it's to have you. It's only by the grace of God I'm here. Well, thank, well, thank God you are here. We, we got to you. Event, I know you tried to reach us during the, the previous phone and you're here now. So you have the microphone. What would you like to say? Well... You know what, Richie? I really just wanted to say hello. I've been listening for years. Never got in, thanks to Billy Gates and whatever. Yeah. And um, I just wanted to say hello. And I was hoping to get on Skype so I could show you my two little tomatoes that I grew indoors. You've you've begun to grow tomatoes in. Listen, you're on you're on a, a British based talk show, so it's tomato story. So let's have a bit of Sorry. let's have a bit of class now, a bit of decorum, please. Uh, but no, let's 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 be fair. Tomatoes, it is. Is this a recent thing, growing the tomatoes? Well, what happened? I'm newly here on the lake. I'm living next door to my cousin, who's a piece of work, uh, as we say here. He's a avid Fox News watcher. He thinks. Most of anything I'm interested in is absolutely crazy. But he's, uh, he's actually taking good care of me here because my house burned. And uh, so we actually transplanted these uh, plants from our grandparents' family home in another town. And his, his brother uh, drinks too much to actually plant them. <laughs> so I rescued them and planted them in pots. And... Um, and then when the weather started to turn, and it really turned yesterday, I dragged them into this apartment because he just renovated it with skylights. It's like living outside. It's gorgeous. Lovely. Bit of natural light there. So when, when you said the weather is beginning to turn, is it beginning to get really cold there? Yes. It was in the 20s yesterday, and ice was raining. And two days before that, it was 80 degrees, and we were in T-shirts. <laughs> 
Now, I don't want yeah. to I don't want to depress you, but I've got to ask you this. So you are living in a much colder part of the world than I am. We're worried about heating bills here. Is that something you you have to be concerned about yourself? What what is it like there in terms of utility bills? Well, I've always been a prepper. I have been for a long time. In fact, I had planned on building a home called an Earthship, and a lot of your listeners will probably know what that is. I haven't a clue. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really interested. An Earthship, you said. Yeah, it gets a lot of jokes because of the name. But um, it was designed by a man named uh, uh, Michael Reynolds, and he was an architect in the 1960s, kind of a hippie dude, and he decided this is not the way to build a house with energy concerns and all that. So he figured out a way to build houses using discarded rubber tires, filled, pounded with earth to make bricks, and then you stack these tires up on three walls of your house, leaving the south side open, and that side you put all glass. And the sun comes in the south side, it warms the dirt in the tires, and then you don't have to heat your house. That's incredible. And um, I wasn't able to do that because the land I was planning to do it on, um, you know, our grandfather's farm, uh, most of my uh, cousins who lived there just, again, completely misunderstood what I was doing and thought I was going to build African mud huts <laughs> <laughs> and bring all kinds of crazy people up on their land. You right, know? right. So, so. Th- this... The, the the earth ship then you you'd need to be in a pretty mild climate would you to to build something like that no no they have no? they have a global design they have so what you do if you're in a really cold place um now where i was planning it would have been in seymour and uh i was hoping to actually dig it into the rock because on the property there was like a cliff but if it's really cold then you build another uh like sun house, what do you call it? Greenhouse. Like so, a greenhouse, so yeah. He, the man, a you have to look at the website. He's got vegetables growing in his house. He's in Taos, New Mexico. They have a whole community, and it gets really cold there in the winter. And why did this and, gentleman, uh, why, why, why was he moved? You mentioned this a moment ago. Just remind us, why, what was the inspiration behind designing the Earthship? Well, he thought back in the 60s and 70s that this is not practical. You know, he actually had to get the the state of New Mexico, where he wound up building, they came after him originally and took away his architect license. And um, But he petitioned them to have this part of New Mexico to be like a test site for architecture. And And his rationale was, how are we going to learn how to build more sustainably if we have to follow these codes and regulations. Right. Because right. the codes and regulations are another way, as you know very well, because you're watching it happening right there, how they control us. Yeah. Right? It sounds- so they did allow him to do that, and now he's actually building earthships at rest stops in the States, so he's come full circle. I'm surprised that the climate change lobby hasn't embraced what it is he's doing, or have they? I doubt it because, as we know, the climate change lobby is not about climate Not really, change. exactly, yeah. 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 It's not about people living independently. 
and getting on with their own lives without interference. You're absolutely right, uh, Dory. So tell us a bit more about your Fox News loving neighbour who is a good guy. Presumably he's a, a Donald Trump um, convert, is he? <laughs> he claims he isn't. He always prefaces everything with, well, you know, Trump, he's kind of a problem. He's actually told me he hopes he doesn't run again. But any conversation that I, and he hears me listening to your show, and uh, he's very dubious. <laughs> right. And, uh, fair enough. Anyway, he, <laughs> yeah, you heard some guy on the internet, you know, that's, that's what they throw at you, right? If anything comes on the internet, it's got to be bad. Yeah. So, um, so we drive a lot together. Uh, he, he's actually taxis me everywhere. Right now he was out, we just bought a scooter yesterday, so I'm going to be tooling around on a little scooter. Um, because he's going to be going back to the, to his, he owns two homes, actually. So he owns his house on the lake, but during the winter, he usually closes it up and goes back to the family house. So anyway... Um, can I just say, Dory, can, can, can I just say before you finish this, because uh, I'll forget to say this, it sounds like you and your friend are practicing something which has disappeared off the face of the earth, and that's tolerance. Uh, living with people or living next door to people who see things you know, entirely differently than you do. And yet you, you, you can get on and coexist. God, that was, uh, th you know, that, that was something that used to be second nature, but not so much anymore. So you're, you're very tolerant of each other. Well, actually, we've had to and we've gotten to know each other. I've only been here four months and never had that much interaction with my cousin because we're practically living on top of each other now. And he's driving me everywhere. And he actually was a great model to me because he's a member of a group called Al-Anon. And both of us are the oddballs in our families because we don't drink. Right. And so, as you know, my last name is Ahern. <laughs> and you eulogized my dad a couple of years ago for me. And, I remember um, this now, yeah. A lot of drinking and a yeah. lot of problems with family members related to the land and all that. So I actually, and Michael has his own problems, so I actually... Uh, you know, I make a little list of things uh, to talk about because if anything goes to politics, it always comes back to the Democrats are the problem. <laughs> yeah. And he sounds like he's intelligent yeah. enough to, to eventually, I suppose, realize that it isn't the Democrats, it isn't the Republicans, it isn't the independents, it's the bloody system. It's the system, the system, the system. I wonder why it doesn't occur to more people like Michael that it doesn't matter who is in power at any given period of history. Things get progressively worse for the people, Dory. I think it's because it's it's terrifying to a lot of people. Yeah. Because when I mention these things, he says, well, what are you going to do about it? There's nothing you can do. You just have to vote. <laughs> right, yeah. Because, you know, I mean, we look at chemtrails out here. I point them out and I can't bring it up anymore because it makes him nuts. And I just because before I would get into trying defending myself and give all the rationale and the evidence, but when you're in that emotional state, this call is sorry, Dory. The call went a bit crazy there. It sounded like you're you were cutting in and out. I I missed the last few seconds of what you were saying. I know you were talking about having to cease talking about chemtrails because. His eyes would glaze over. But I mean, that's the classic one. 
you know, I, I, I don't speak about chemtrails to anybody because I, I have yet to meet somebody who actually stood there and said, yes, that is kind of strange up there. It doesn't look just like water vapour. So I just, I gave up on the chemtrails. It's, I said this earlier on, it's like, you know, talking about secret societies and the infiltration of cultures. I, it's just not useful anymore because of where we are. We're in the middle of tyranny and it's only getting worse. I'll get your thoughts on that, yeah. and then I'll move on. Go ahead. Yeah, on that, I did actually post it in the, in the there. Um, I got in touch with the people that are actually introducing legislation over here in the individual states. And it's actually Bloody call is gone now. Tori, I'm really sorry. That call has gone really bad there. The line has gone terrible. Um, that was Dory in Connecticut. What a shame. Very interesting call. Dory Ahern. I do remember a couple of years ago. I think it was during one of the Sunday morning programs. Dory got in touch with me and, and um, wrote to me about her father who'd passed away. And I read out um, a message she'd sent to me. I do remember that because my memory, I still have my memory. I mightn't have much else, but I do have my memory. Um, let's go back to the phones. Caller, welcome to the program. Who am I speaking with? Hi, Richie. It's Chris the Gardener. Hello, Chris the Gardener. How are you? I'm all right, fella. How are you? Oh, not too bad. We've just been talking about planting tomatoes. Yes, Not a bad have, start. Yeah. It's been yeah. a great show, mate. Well, thanks very much, Chris. Do you want to talk about that briefly, about what people can plant? What can people plant? Even if you've only well, got a couple... Like, I don't even have an egg. I don't know what I have. Well, I'm... mate, from... I would say that if you haven't got a lot of space, spuds are probably the best thing, mate. They don't really give you a lot, but they'll fill your belly if you've got nothing else. Spuds. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, you know, it, it, the best thing to do, mate, is go online and look. I'm probably not the right guy to ask. I mean, most of what I do is flowers and shrubs and, and, yeah. and things like that. I don't really get to do a lot of uh, sort of like vegetable planting. It's is, it is mostly, you know, um, sort of uh, uh, just just ornamental gardens that I deal with, mate. So, the aesthetic, yeah. the aesthetic, the I can't even say the aesthetic stuff. Yes, the pleasing the aesthetic stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the, the stuff, stuff you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, um, I've come a long way in the in the year and a bit that I've been doing it. And, well, uh, I remember you ringing me up about a year ago to talk about why you went into gardening. That was a fascinating call. Um, uh, in and of itself, I remember it. How how is it going for you? Um, yeah, it's well, it's it's going well. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Um, I've had a fantastic summer. Um, I I took on quite a few new customers again and uh yeah it's been great i've got a chap that works with me now three days a week um so um uh, that was kind of enforced on me a little bit though i um i lost my driving license in july richie so uh. um shocking um situation um but um so uh had to get sort of rearrange things and i've, I've got this chap that had been doing a few days with me and he now drives, drives us around three days a week, and then the other two days, the missus drops me off at places, and I'm there for the day, pretty much. So, Do you want um, to get into that, or is that not something you want to get into? Do you into? know what, mate? I sent you a message about it, um, but it was really bad timing. I sent it to you about an hour before you put the video up when you, you were crook a, a week ago. Oh, <laughs> right, thought, right, right, yeah, yeah. I thought he's never going to read this now. So, um, Where did but, you um, send it? Was it on the website? On the website, yeah. Oh, Christ, um, yeah. Yeah. You may, I could get into it, but it probably it, it it would it wouldn't really be appropriate on, on a phone. I think it would take too long, and it would um. It, 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 but, but I'll go look. It, I'll find it anyway, and I'll go looking for it. And I'll have a I'll, look, I'll, mate. I'll, and yeah, I will. Yeah. 
touch base with us. I'll give you a bit more outline about what, what the situation was, because it was, I mean, to me, it feels like a complete travesty of justice. It, it was a malicious thing. And, um, yeah, I'd like to talk to you about it, but perhaps not now. What I really wanted to talk to you about today, mate, was Lucy's call at the beginning of the programme um, with people that, you know, that are passing away that, that untimely time. Untimely. Can I do yeah. a quick, can I do a very quick 15 second recap? Lucy phoned up at the very beginning. Lucy's in Northern Ireland near Belfast. She's in her mid forties and she has noticed that her, in her age group, in her peer group, in her friendship group, um, some people have become ill, some people have passed away. She mentioned pancreatic cancer as, as being one thing. And these are things listed on the Pfizer. When, when that infamous Pfizer document drop happened earlier in the year. The stuff they tried to keep secret um, about, about, about the testing of the jabs and Pfizer's own jab. Uh, the jab does do harm. It does great harm in some cases. And Lucy was saying that she was going to keep a kind of she's keeping a record um, of people who she knows who are you know possibly being injured by the Pfizer jab or by other jabs. Chris, you uh, that um, got your attention. Go ahead. It, it certainly did, my friend. I mean since, since about June at least half a dozen people, four have died, um, that I know. Um, and it just doesn't make no sense. I mean, the first guy was an older guy. He was the parent of a, a chap that I supported for years, for about five, six years. And um, he was found in bed, fully clothed, by his daughter, who went round one morning to see why he wasn't answering his phone. Um which was a bit bizarre. There was no health issues with him. He just found him dead. dead. Um, and then within the last month, mate, my wife, um, a friend who she worked with for years um, when they worked at the local council together, um, she was 44. Her mum found her in bed dead one morning. Um, a, a very close friend of my wife, who is about to turn 80, but in great health, but she's had all her software upgrades, if you know what I mean. Right. Um, and she had her last software upgrade and within a week had a massive stroke. She's still in hospital now. She's lost the use of the left-hand side of her body. Um, and then one of my, a real good friend of mine, guy I've known since I was 16, we were at sixth form together, um, his partner of 15 years, she's 39 years old. Um, she's had a heart attack and died. And Jesus Christ. Mate, it's not normal, is it? No. And do you know what What, what baffles me? It really does. It, it, it knocks me sideways, which is people just don't see it. They, people, do, they don't see it. So they, what, what can, they, what, what in that instance, there isn't really a lot you can say without opening up a very serious can of worms that might cause you a lot of bother, right? Yeah, I've learned to keep my mouth shut yeah. like a long time ago, mate. I am... Um, the only one that I push it up with now and I haven't given up on is my mum. And I keep trying to persuade my mum to stop having her, her upgrades. Um, but pretty much anyone else, mate, I don't talk to about it. It's, I, if you can't see it, you can't see it. And I, it's just insane, mate. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. Um, yeah, I've heard from a person, a very nice person, who I know through dog walking, and she talked to me one morning recently at great length about how screwed up everything is and, you know, how how authoritarian things are becoming. But then as we parted company, even though she'd said that, you know, she wasn't sure about the jabs, um, she told me she was slated for her third 
and I thought, you can't be the same woman who just told me a minute ago that you have some clue that something is very wrong. And yeah. just two minutes later, you're telling me you're off to the uh, to the clinic for the off third job. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's insane. Mate, insane. I was, um, where, where we live, um, I obviously I've lost my licence. I have to use the bus a little bit now if I want to go into town or anything. I went into town the other day and I stopped off, saw a mate on the way back coming back to, to Dersingham, where I live. And um, the, the bus stop at the hospital, a guy is right next to the jab centre at the hospital. And again, it blew my mind how many cars, while I was waiting for the bus, I saw coming in and going out, mate. Yeah. It just, I was like, I really... I it's horrible, before. isn't it, Chris? There's one, there's one on Liverpool Street near uh, the swimming uh, pool or the swimming baths, as people say in this crazy country. Um, the, the Liverpool Street... And it's still fairly busy. I mean, last year it was chockers there. They were parking next to the primary schools. You you couldn't move to traffic. It's not as bad now, but I noticed since they started putting out the calls for people to come forward to have their winter COVID jab and to have their winter flu jab, that it's it's starting to look very busy there again. And here's the thing, especially with the flu jab, which I really struggle with, by their own admission, and I'm not making this up, the flu jab very rarely works. Oh, it doesn't, does it? I mean, what is it, 10 to 14% or yeah. something like that? Yeah, they always it's guess the wrong strain. You Amazingly. know what, mate? This, this blows my mind as well. My wife, luckily, hasn't taken the jab. She was booked in for it, mate. She was booked in for a first. And um, her dad got COVID, and because of that, and because she'd had contact, she couldn't go into the jab. Then we both got... Well, we got something. I mean, definitely, we would. It knocked me sideways, mate, for about four, four or five days. I couldn't hardly even get out of bed, mate. Whatever it was, it was, it was, it was bad. And she has COPD, so for her, it was really bad. Um, and uh, then she started changing her train of thought about it and started thinking, mm, maybe I'll hang on for a bit. So she thought she'd sort of wait a bit. And eventually, now, I mean, now she's like basically feels the same way I do about it, mate. She's like, there's no way I'm ever having it. But having, if her dad hadn't got COVID when he did, mate, my wife would have been probably fully jabbed as well. And who knows where that might have led, yeah. Who knows? With with, with her health issues, Richie, with the COPD, it, it could have been horrendous for her, I think. And I mean, I, I used to come out to the shed, mate, and, and, and cry. The, the days leading up to when she was due to have that first jab, mate, I was in bits. But at the same time, I don't believe in enforcing myself on anyone. No. And if she wanted to have it, then that's her right. Um, and you know, there are Jesus. there are couples going through this. You know, I, I know there are because I've had a few emails about oh, this. Oh, I know. I remember. I've, I remember the guy from Portugal, mate. Yeah. I broke my heart. Yeah. I I listened to it. I remember his call vividly, and I remember thinking how sad I was for him because I knew exactly how he was feeling because. Like I say, mate, right up until the day that she was due to have the jab, she was going to have the jab. And she was adamant, yeah. Oh, mate, I was, you know, but I wouldn't have stopped loving her, mate. I wouldn't have stopped. No, she wouldn't have stopped being my wife. No, but you would have um, gone to bed every night of the week terrified, wondering, oh, is God, yeah. she going to become unwell? Is she going oh. to collapse at some stage? Or, Of course. Mate, I, I thank, yeah. thank the universe every single day that she, she hasn't had it, and, and especially now that she's like, you know, 
done a full 180 and she, she, she's so glad that she didn't, you know, she said to me, she wonders whether it was a dad because he died shortly after that, Richie. And she wonders whether that was like, again, a bit of, I don't know. The universe does funny things, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I'm sure you've told her this a thousand times anyway. It doesn't pay to worry or wonder about her dad and whether the jab had any part in, in his passing. She can't didn't have it, mate. He didn't have it. No, no, no. Neither her mum nor dad have had had it. Her mum's still alive, mate. She's 88. Um, but her dad died. He was 90. He died in May last year. But, um, yeah, no, neither of them had it. They um, they were like... we. I, her mum's pretty switched on, mate. Yeah. So she wasn't... Um, she wasn't really kind of um, sucked in by all the, the propaganda from the start. It's funny you say that, about the mum being switched on. I would have thought that a lot more, and we've got to wrap this now because I've got to wrap the show, but I would have thought a lot more seniors would have been very suspicious about about the jazz. I've met but, a few, mate, but yeah. not many. Yeah, most I know. I mean, Jessie's aunt, she's cut us out of her life completely um, because we, we, we were unjabbed. So um, we haven't spoken to her now for two years. So, yeah, Chris, good to hear from you again. I you will too, find Richie. the post Thanks about the driving. I'll find that and uh, have a look I, at it, mate. I and should like be able to find it. Want, yeah. I'll give you a bit. If you can give me an email address or something, I struggle typing in that little message. Send box, it through mate, the contact form on the website, and I'll see it come in overnight. So do that if you can. I just copy uh, yeah, and paste. Send it again. Yeah, yeah do through the contact I, form, so it'll come to me if, via email. Do that. Okay, I will do, mate. All right, I'll do and that. And good luck with it, buddy. I'm glad you have somebody driving you, and I'm glad that the business has taken off for you. So. Um, no well worries, done mate. thanks Chris good, work, fella. good to hear from you buddy Chris the Gardener finishing off the programme really today that's about it there are many 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 messages on the comment live I'm sorry I've not gotten uh, uh, to read very many if any of those today but uh, it's been a busy old phone and a brilliant phone and brilliant calls right across the board thank you so much to all of you for, for getting in touch and for sharing your thoughts with me today uh, that's pretty much it for the programme I'm back with you tomorrow Thursday at 5 o'clock UK time hopefully the voice will be better again this is getting a bit scratchy uh, uh, I should really be keeping it quiet but uh, hey, what are you going to do I've got I've to be here don't I um, so yeah look that's it thanks again to all the callers we'll do it tomorrow and you enjoy the rest of your Tuesday Wednesday Jesus wept spin day tomorrow uh, look after yourselves and one another closing out with Oreo Speedwagon bye